What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm good. I'm good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 34 of Wrestle Rewind. Um, I'm here today uh, being, let's see, it is January 10th, 2021. The last time this group was together, it was January 7th, 2020. Mm. So it has been uh, a little over a year since the last time that this group was together. Um, you had your 65th in that time, right? Really? That, that, that was the 70th. Yeah. yeah. It was the 75th. That is the episode where you fell out of the chair. That, mm-hmm. Yes, probably. <laughs> you got stuck, yeah. Probably. Almost kicked him in the face. So, uh, that we'll, <laughs> we'll start off with the, um, the, the normal uh, for our... Uh, kickoff of our episode, uh, which today's birthdays. Today is the birthday of Buff Bagwell and Grandmaster Sexay. Both have a birthday, too. I did see that. I saw that one. I did. So, both of them uh, did have a, or have their birthday today. Um, there is, uh, there's, um, a lot of ground to cover over a year of us not being together as a group. And, uh, I mean, we've had uh, a lot <laughs> that's happened within the world and our lives and the wrestling industry. Um, so we're going to spend the first few minutes uh, tonight talking about 2020 overall and, uh, of course, the, the impact of COVID on the wrestling industry and uh, what that is going to look like moving forward as we go into 2021 and uh you know it's it's been challenging i think for everybody um and i think the wrestling world has responded better uh than i actually anticipated them to respond um you know i think there was a period of time there when this all first started that there was a lot of uncertainty of what was going to happen, um, how they were going to run wrestling shows, um, you know, uh, what all that was going to look like. And lo and behold, the, the developments of everything that happened within the wrestling industry, both AEW, WWE, uh, all the smaller chains, I think the people that got hurt the most by this were probably independent circuits. Definitely. Um, Definitely. They got hit uh, harder than anybody else did. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of where we are. And... Um, you know, I don't want to spend a whole ton of time talking about everything that's happened in 2020, but I do want to talk a little bit about a group as a group. What was your? What do you think was the the high point of 2020? And then what do you think the the low point of it was? 
Um, and then you can talk about whether that was WWE and AEW or one for each or just one of them. Like, I, I just... <clears throat> I kind of want to recap the year with with what we think because we come from very four different points of view about the wrestling business and and no. what that looks like. So I just want to know um, there is so much that happened within a small period of time. Um, so we'll start with uh, we'll start with you, a man. I'll actually put you on the spot, ladies first. Okay. Um, what was your high point for uh, 2020? Like, whether it's WWE, AEW, doesn't matter. What do you think was the highest point of the year for the wrestling industry? I think it's the emergence of AEW for me because it kind of benefits WWE as well. So, for me, it's kind of twofold. I think if AEW didn't exceed expectations this year as they have, because you have to think, they just started in October of 2019, and they had, what, four or five months before COVID hit? Mm-hmm. They didn't have much backstory at all or any history or anything besides the momentum that they had already generated going forward, and to see them succeed and flourish and, in a way, push WWE, whether, you know, we're on SmackDown benefit, but NXT definitely has. So I think with AEW being as strong as it has been for the wrestling business as a whole, not just maybe WWE, but in general, because which I'm sure we'll get into with the passing of Brody Lee, that really, how they handled it and how they reacted just really made me feel good to be a wrestling fan again throughout this whole year. Like, of course, it was a horrible situation, but it just reminded me of, like, why I like wrestling and why it's been a big part of my life. And I think... It's going to force WWE this year to to be a better product. And hopefully that relates over to SmackDown and Raw because Raw needs it more than anything else. Um, but, yeah, I think AEW, to me, has been the, the high point for 2020. Okay, what do you think was the low point for 2020? In a way, WWE, as, <laughs> as I say, as I just kind of put them over a little bit. But, yes, they reacted, but I think... I don't know what it is, but they, they can't shake out of this this comfortable hole that they have. On. They haven't had to, really, yet. Well, yeah, but I've, I've, I personally thought once no fans were going to be there and they had to make transitions and everything, that they were going to shake up their product. The format was going to be different. The shows were going to look different, because why not? Now you literally have an opportunity to do anything. And they did, I guess, with cinematic matches and stuff like that, but they had so much potential. And Raw, for me, is a dread. Every Monday, like I, I struggle. I fall asleep watching it. Like I struggle. So I just feel like WWE had so much more potential. Now, granted, there have been stars like Bailey, Sasha Banks, Drew McIntyre, and, and Roman Reigns mm-hmm. that have flourished. But I think WWE as a whole could have done more, but they just didn't. So do I'm kind of disappointed in that aspect. To that though, do you think they found their footing later in 2020? Like I'll agree with you as a whole. The moat for the. For the bulk of 2020, I don't think they were very good. You know what? Well, once the no fans and mm-hmm. things like that started, I don't think WWE was very good. They they didn't know how to try, so they just kind of went, eh, threw right. something out there. Um, but I felt like late 2020 is where they really started to find yeah. their footing because Raw got yeah. better when we got the Hurt Business. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Raw got better when we got the Hurt Business. Um, SmackDown... 
and the Roman Reigns story now that when he's back as you know the tribal chief, that is hands down the best thing going mm-hmm. in wrestling today. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so I'm with you all, you know, up till maybe the last couple, mm-hmm. two, three months of mm-hmm. 2020 is where I think they finally started to, yeah, and to I, catch it and figure it out. Yeah, and I can't fault them because it's hard. You know, no one has been in this situation as a business, as a company, so I, I'm not, I don't want to be too hard on them, but creativity wise and what you could have put on in your show. I'm not saying like completely like get a new stage mm-hmm. and all, but I, I love the Thunderdome, the concept. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. It's that pretty cool. cool. But. I just feel like creativity-wise, they could have done more, and I don't. I don't know why, but that's the development or the lack thereof of certain wrestlers and certain characters. I feel like that's what's getting me right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just can't be emotionally engaged with them as I used to be. Yeah, it's weird. Smoking. What's your thoughts on the, the high point for the year? Oh, um, well, I guess my opinion for the high point is the fact that we never lost wrestling, even though we lost all these other sports. Oh, wrestling fine. found a way to. Still be there, still be on television, find ways around all these different rules, and still perform. And the fact that before all of this happened, you know, we've all had the discussions. We were all getting tired of seeing the same people getting, being pushed and pushed and pushed, and it wasn't working. Well, this this happening allowed all those stars that didn't get their push to perform because they didn't want to pay all these people to come in that they were paying to mm-hmm. put asses in seats. Because there were no seats to be put in. So it allowed all these people that didn't really get their time to shine to actually come out and perform and Mm -hmm. and better themselves. Okay. Just going to make a quick note. I've had several people comment on, I guess, the microphones are ultra-sensitive. So every time we're touching the table, everybody can hear it. So just be mindful of that. I told you guys not to do Look, that. You smell it. <laughs> I already smacked the table. Okay? I probably did. At least I don't have a pen this time to sit here and drive. Yeah, I, I think like, the dear like, Lord. I think I was like tapping it. So uh, um, that's actually why I, that's why I push myself back from the table so I don't lean on it. Um, Smokey, don't take the lights out. Come on. Um, I got it. But we know. We saw. So well, for you then, what was the what was the <laughs> what was the low point then? Uh-huh.
TNA role. Any anytime. Each I'm, year he signed a year deal, a year deal. Yeah. Each contract, and I don't know. You had your shot. You, yeah. Vince would have made that happen back then mm-hmm. at oh, yeah. any moment. And I kind of oh, think yeah. that's why when he once. did come in, they didn't have that match at Mania. And it was Sting versus Triple H instead. Yeah, just to be just like, be, yeah. Whether sorry, you know, man. That's true or not. But yeah, I, I, I think that would have been a match that it would have happened more than once. Well, I, I think that you've got several different things that play into that. It, uh, apparently, I was actually just reading an article the other day that was talking about how uh, actually it was it was Vince was the one that had no interest hmm. yeah. in, in the Sting Taker mm-hmm. match. Like, he had zero interest in that match at all. Um, well, and I just, I think there's probably a lot more there that we don't know. Um, Always is. You know, a lot more to the story, potentially, than, than what... You know, we we're, we're just fans, so we only know what they let us see, and then you can read dirt sheets and right. use resources, things like that, to to find out some of this information. But at the end of the day, you only have you know certain resources that you can use to pull from, and I think that that match didn't happen probably for a variety of different reasons. Uh, I'm going to be honest; I I'm going to talk in a few minutes about my thoughts on staying in AEW, um, mm. but. Uh, uh, Did you get the tone there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I'm actually very grateful now because I think in in my mind that match 10 years ago when the wrestling world was very different and those two guys were very different, that would be a match I would love to see. Mm -hmm. I honestly, even if I think back as a nostalgic fan now, have no interest in seeing those two guys get not now. Because now it doesn't mean the same thing. Well, not only does it not mean the same thing, they're, just they're, not, gonna, they're well, not gonna. They're not gonna be able to do. They're, 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 50, do. they're yeah. 55 and 61. It would have to be. Like what really? So it, and here's so. But I think I think Sting. Not to cut you off. I think Sting would be more physically able and capable now than maybe Taker. Well, I, Sting's I, had his major injuries, but I think he's had a few less major injuries. I will say that the... I think he's had the amount of surgeries that... that right. Well, again, That's what I'm saying. We'll, so. we'll talk in a minute uh, about, in a few minutes, about uh, the sting in AEW and, and some thoughts that I have on just all of that in general. Um, but the for you, Double K, what was your high point? The high point was just the effort that, like Smokey was saying just a minute ago, it's the effort that every promotion that was that stayed on or relevant or worked so like WWE, AEW, and and how hard they worked to make sure we had a product to watch. Yeah. Whether you liked it, whether you hated it, whether you wanted to bitch and moan about it every week, or whether you wanted to talk about how great it was every week, we still had it. Right. And you know, for that reason, I left a lot of. Like online wrestling groups that I followed, yeah. Because I just got tired of hearing them bitch and moan and complain about how awful it is when you had nothing else you to watch. Really had no sports. You're stuck at dead. you're stuck at home. You have nothing to watch. No sport was active at the time. I think you know when everything really fell apart. The NBA was what two weeks away from the playoffs starting, and then that fell apart. And so you you literally had nothing. Yeah. Um. So the effort that they went through to to bring us a product at all 
was more than they had to do. Right. That was their that was their their one pass to shut it down completely and just do nothing. And nobody would have faulted them for anything. And not not only that, but they improved on that instead of just doing the same thing with no people there. It took a little while. Over and over, they were like, "All right, well, how can we make this better?" Yeah, it it took a little bit, and I think it was AEW that first started using the performers as crowd members, right? You know, and then NXT followed suit with that, but you know, Raw and SmackDown for a little while was really dry and really bland just because they didn't have any sort of excitement around it. They don't have any crowd noise piped in. Like that's why I was surprised that they didn't break out of their shell and just be like, screw it. But that's what I was saying earlier when you were talking about yours. They found their footing mid late year. Yeah. When they come up with the Thunderdome, when the T V screens were surrounding the ring and you actually had people there, they found a way to get the fans involved again. Because all you had to do was sign up to be on one of the TVs in there. Have y'all done that? Not yet. Have you? You did, didn't you? Did you get on? Of course. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, it's so weird. (laughs) Like, you you can hear the producer. They're, like, telling you who to cheer for. Like, here comes New Day, cheer, yeah, you know. Oh, that's cool. And And it's, like, weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they're like, all right, we're going to commercial in three, two. So, like, they actually count you down and stuff. So, it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. So, what was your low point for 2020? The lowest... Again, it's kind of mirroring his because I'm I love wrestling so much. I just enjoyed having it. You know, yeah, some of the shows were boring as all hell and raw. I think of all the shows that we have, if I had to pick a worst, it would be raw. If I had to pick a worst, I feel like that's a very yeah. I mean, I don't feel like they didn't put any effort into it. But I think they have done a lot better I, now that Drew is champion. Well, Drew became champion. That's cool. I'm telling you, the Hurt Business they did nothing. The they burned him alive. Yeah, they, but that, but they, you know they, what? We'll address that. I got something for that because I had an argument with somebody about that not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, but the whole they just buried the fiend thing. No, they didn't. Hold on. Uh, I'm coming back. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what I think one of the lowest points is, and it actually wasn't 2020. It just happened last week. Bill Goldberg just walks right back out oh. into a title picture. He said that's yeah. the low point. He said that's your okay. Low. That's one of the lowest points. Like why? Why? I'm sure there's a why. I'm sure there's a why. I'm sure it's going to lead to him taking the title from Drew at the Royal Rumble, and Brock Lesnar's going to win the Rumble, and at WrestleMania in Hollywood, oh, we're going to get no. Lesnar. Goldberg 4, where Brock takes it back, and then we go right back into the same spin cycle. That's my bold prediction. Now you have it. I really hope not. Just think about it. It makes sense. It's the I'd only like, thing that does make sense. I'd like to see it. Unless, 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 The Fiend makes his return against Goldberg at WrestleMania and takes his title back that Bill took from him. I mean, I, I suppose that's possible. I just um, uh, we're going to have our, our special guest, uh, uh, former Ring of Honor star and NWA champion Preston Quinn, joining us here in just a couple of minutes. Um, and so we're going to get his take on what he thought <clears throat> was the high point of 2020 as well as the low point. Um, but before we get there, I'm, I'm going to go just speak uh, briefly on. He's going to bury his thing in AEW my, quick. My <laughs> 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 uh, let's go set the table. The 
that for me, I'm going to start with the low point. What I think was the low point was, uh, quite honestly, the the death of Brody Lee. Yeah. Make sure much how simple for life and how quickly it can be over. And when I saw that, I was and like, wow. yeah, this guy, I think you were there, but you were being blinded by lights down in the floor seats, and myself and, and, and Nico. <laughs> We were we uh, were at WrestleMania, and I remember the Battle Royal, and he was the last one walking down the ramp. No, and he, we, yeah. we mentioned that he just he seemed very uh, he was checked out, unmotivated to to go perform that night. Um, you know, and, and so it's just it's simple things like that that you think about the fact that that guy was forty one years old, and uh, you know, really his career was just beginning. And, uh, you know, he'll be a wrestling star that uh, the wrestling fans and the wrestling world lost too soon. And that's happened plenty of times throughout wrestling's history. Brian Pillman was another one of those. Um, His son now adding some dates to AEW's calendar. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see where that goes for Brian Pillman, Pillman Jr. Um, Brody Lee, his son receiving. A, a contract, yeah. negative um, one, negative one. Um, from uh, uh, Tony Khan, and just the whole way that Tony Khan and his team handled Brody Lee's passing is was a class act, mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing that I think WWE should uh, take a page out of their book. Now, granted, I can distinctly remember the night that uh, Eddie Guerrero passed, mm-hmm. and how much WWE stepped aside and dedicated a lot of what they were doing to Eddie Guerrero when that happened. I just I've seen a lot of posts recently where people have bashed the WWE over, you know, when their wrestlers pass away, they don't respond the same way that AEW did. And I just, I want to make a comment on that. And that was, I remember the night that Chris Benoit, his story broke, Mm -hmm. and WWE got burned so bad. Yeah, that they found out. Yeah, they found out like 40 minutes before their broadcast was supposed to be over what actually happened. And they got burned so bad over that that if I was them, I probably would be very hesitant to jump to any conclusions <clears throat> with any wrestler's death as a result. I mean, they had to deal with that for months after it happened. Oh, yeah. Well, and it still comes up. Yeah. So, so that's the one that's never so going to go away. It's one of those things where it's like what I have learned recently is that I, in the past I had compared AEW and WWE as if they were equal products, and I've now accepted and will acknowledge that they're not. It's not comparing apples to apples. You so, okay? <laughs> good? <laughs> good. So um, it's not comparing apples to apples because they are two very different programs, and AEW hasn't had to go through some of the things that WWE has had to go through mm-hmm. that has made them change the way they run their business because of lawsuits and litigation. You know, and one of those things being a prime example, the Matt Hardy situation that occurred in AEW with him falling and getting knocked out uh-huh. mid-match, if that had happened in WWE, instead of fans jumping to AEW's defense of the way that they handled they it, they oh. would have been crucifying yes. WWE over not doing more. Well, didn't Matt to- Sidell almost die the same night? Yes. So there's there's just slipped off the road. There's just certain pieces of that that like it, it's okay. Well, there, there's one mature business that's been doing this a very long time and has learned a lot of hard lessons. And you're still very young. The fans are not treating them the same way, and that's okay. Oh yeah. But I think people just have to realize that 
WWE does certain things a certain certain ways because one WWE is not a private company; they're a publicly traded entity, which means there's stockholders involved and other people's money tied up, and so you have to tread a very different line than what AEW gets to tread. And if WWE screws up, everyone knows. If AEW screws up, essentially no one knows besides your hardcore fans. Correct. If you were to ask your average person, this is nothing. I love AEW, obviously. Like this is nothing against that, but. Even right now, if you were to go out and ask someone, hey, when's the last time you heard about Chris Jericho? What, what do you think Chris yeah. Jericho's doing? They're like, oh, is he in WWE or what is he doing? Yeah. They wouldn't even know. Yeah. Right. And, they, and they've and they said that. They've said that that they get stopped in the airports and people ask Jericho all the time, like, when are you going back to WWE? And he's like, oh, I'm on AEW. But, and that, that's what I'm saying because that plays into it because they have the luxury of not being up there yet. They're, yeah, they're not they there yet. Up. Yeah. yeah, and to figure it out, whereas if WWE screws up, Everyone, it's on the news. Everyone knows about it. ESPN. Like, sure. Everyone. Well, in the you know, the I read an article that where a, a gentleman was talking about the Brody Lee situation, and somebody was talking about how Vince has never done that for some of, um, you know, the wrestlers' families that pass away. If you, there are plenty. So Vicky Guerrero, he has taken care of almost the entire Guerrero family, right. and he didn't even have to. Guerrero died of natural causes as a result of. A hard life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Vince pretty much took care of that entire How family. Vicky became a character, on right? TV so, right, and now you she's know, a character on AEW. Right. And now look so at benefit. look at Rey Mysterio. Dominique Mysterio didn't get into the main event scene mm. because he's a super great wrestler that came out of the indie scene and has no, been wrestling fair. for twenty five years. He got there because his dad's a WWE superstar. Vince didn't have to give him that. Right. So it still comes out. He was just out there with Ray. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just I think that there's a, a lot of things that it, the wrestling community and the wrestling fans need to step back and realize and go, okay, it's not the same. The same realization I had to go through. It's not the same. It's not comparing apples to apples. It's a very different business. It's a very different mentality because, to your point, they haven't had to go through all of that yet. So they're not. They get to make those mistakes and walk away from them, and and it's okay. Mm-hmm. So, but see, I didn't even mention Sting. So oh, it's coming. Now, like no. <laughs> the high point for me in 2020, before we bring in uh, uh, Preston Quinn, was. It's terrifying because I have a feeling that it's going to forever change the wrestling industry. But the high point for me was whatever person created the Thunderdome concept and said, hey, I've got a way to get fans involved in an arena, but they don't even have to show up. Yeah. It's true. Well, I think your live uh, events are done. So, yeah. oh, God, I don't even want to talk well, about that. Well, there, there's the, the interesting, I was reading the other day, Vince, uh, in the, towards the end of 20, towards the end of 2020 in December, he plans on reintroducing the live crowd for WWE at WrestleMania. That's his plan. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, live so, events as, like, a touring weekly. Like, yeah, so it's, it is, it's just going to be... You may be right there. It's terrifying, because what I think is, is this is WWE dangling the carrot in front of everybody to see how well the concept goes, and then a year from now it's going to be, oh, well, we're going to have this show, but you're going to have to pay. Yeah, oh, yeah. To be, to get it streamed. Oh. So you can be on TV. Mm-hmm. So I think that's well, probably it's like the virtual meet and greets now. It's like yep. 150 bucks. For so I think I that's why I would ever do a virtual meet and greet. It's so awkward. Uh, but I but I think You've that's no but oh. watching it. Yeah, that's the that's the, the route. Watching it on TV, except having a conversation. That's the route that it's going. 
And, you know, much like COVID is going to change our world. I mean, it already has, but it's forced companies to find new ways to do their business. Mm -hmm. And I think that as a result of that, you're going to see wrestling change and you're going to see some of the dynamics of those live events change. I mean, you already saw it. They've already proven that they can do the cinematic matches. So now you're a paying ticket, ticketed customer sitting in an arena watching a match on a television. That's what you're doing. That's a cinematic match. I don't care how you look at it, folks. That's what it is. You're, you paid to go sit in essentially a theater and watch a match on a screen. That's what you paid to do. Yeah. Mm. And so That's, it's just a very different world. And I think that as a business, the wrestling industry has not seen the end of this evolution. I think we're just in the beginning of it. But I do think whoever created that concept... Knocked it out of the ballpark with for WWE oh, yeah. because for a few weeks there, like that, the television, I, I, I stopped watching it because I couldn't even get into it. It was just dull. There's something about the live crowd not being there that makes it difficult to watch. Right. So, but that was my high point and my low point. So now we're going to reach <clears throat> out to Preston Quinn and and what'd you say? Huh? What'd you say? That's what we're gonna reach out. Well, we don't want to touch anybody. Well, I mean, that's nothing. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Preston. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Welcome to Wrestle Rewind. Well, I appreciate that, man. It's great to be here. Thank you. So uh, I'm not sure if you were following along before we brought you on or not, but we're talking about the highs and lows of 2020 with the COVID impact on the wrestling industry, and I just wanted to get your take on uh, what you thought was the high point for the wrestling industry in 2020. Well, uh, it's been, uh, God, it's just been wild. I mean, just even for us at our level, it's just been something i mean 26 years i've never seen anything remotely like it um oh i've seen the wrestling landscape change so many times and this has just been wow um i would have to say the high would have to be and maybe maybe this has already been said but i think the smartest thing that that like that one of one of the bigger companies did with vince when he did the thunderdome at least they gave somewhat of an appearance of fan interaction there yeah um and you know, for us, that's so important. It's um, it's it's so hard. You know, we've had to do some tapings and stuff with one with no crowd, and it's really hard to get in there and, and give it everything when a lot of so much of what you do is based off of their reaction. <clears throat> right. Yeah, we we. So I would I would have to say Thunderdome was probably the the smartest thing, the highest point. Yeah, we, we just uh, had just talked about that and about how it makes a difference. Even as a fan watching it on TV, it's it's not the same watching it on TV when you don't have that live crowd. The, I mean, the Thunderdome brought that concept back a little bit, but it's still not the same as having you know actual fans in the ring. And I'm, I'm sure that's the case when you guys are going through your tapings, that it, it's not the same feeling when you walk through the curtain and towards the ring and then when you're performing in the ring. Right. Right, and, and like I said, especially for us older guys, we go a lot by, we dictate a lot of things in the ring by what we are feeling from the crowd, and uh, right now that's, you know, non-existent. Sure. So uh, with that being the high point, what do you believe was the low point in 2020? Just the COVID thing in general. 
Um, I know that I know it's a cop out, but it's not because it affected everything. Right. Um, I think that <clears throat> I think by the by the end of March, um, you know, it, it really just changed everything for the worse and put a lot of guys out of business, put a lot of guys out of work, you know, and a lot of us didn't have, you know, a lot of the guys didn't have any other means of, of making money. And they thought, you know, hey, this thing's only going to be a couple of weeks. It's only going to be a month. And here we are, and we're still doing it. Yeah, 10 months later, and it's still it's still a major factor. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're not going to keep you terribly long, but uh, with that being said, we're the, the next part of our conversation, um, you know, we actually uh, – we're going to d- detour a little bit just because of the topic – was itching to be discussed before we got on the phone with you, but we were talking about AEW and and some of the programming that they've done, and in specifics like most recently with with Sting coming back and potentially being an in ring performer. What's your take on what AEW is delivering as a product, and uh, what what that's going to look like down the road, and how do you feel about some of these uh, more iconic stars starting to to show up in that that venue? It's not a dumb move. Um, the the issue is why do we have to keep bringing back the guys from the eighties and the nineties to get ratings up? Mm. We're not farming out larger than life personalities anymore that bring people, casual people, to watch your product. And the the most glaring of that was when um, a few weeks back when they had the thing where some of the people that were watching basketball actually got to watch some of the AEW and their reactions on Twitter were negative towards the product that they saw so AEW needs to they're never going to lose their rabid fan base that keeps their ratings at the level that they're at those people there's not a lot AEW could do wrong in their eyes because they're like we're AEW we don't like Vince and this is our <laughs> shield and we're dying on our shield mm-hmm. yeah that's true um, but as a business you have to look to grow and if the general population that has been disenfranchised by what Vince McMahon has put out that straight away after the Monday Night Wars they see hey look there's another wrestling company and then when the reaction is oh look uh, they've got and I don't agree with this. I don't think Chris Jericho is terribly out of shape for his age and everything he's put his body through. But, oh, look how terrible Chris Jericho looks. Who are these other bootleg guys that they have in here? This is terrible. <laughs> da, 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 da. And, and I'm not dogging them, but if the general population that you're, you need to use to grow says this looks like a bootleg of what Vince McMahon will put out, that you have to look at it and say, maybe we don't need guys that can do a 450, maybe we need guys that look like they can clear a bar. Hmm. And once you start getting those larger-than-life guys, the Ultimate Warrior couldn't wrestle a lick. Hulk Hogan could work, but he was a great wrestler. Right. Um, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. These characters for us, when we were growing up, were larger-than-life. <clears throat> everybody wanted to be them, but everybody knew they couldn't because these guys were superheroes. So let me... You could look up to them, and you could... Ent- and you could uh, imitate them, but nobody could beat them because these dudes were six foot eight, three hundred pounds, 
and they knew if they walked into a bar, there was not one drunk idiot that was going to step up and not get his butt kicked. Right. So, so let me ask you. Is lost. Let me ask you a, a, a follow up question to that. We've talked about on this show before about how the the character side of the wrestling industry is almost <clears throat> non-existent now. There's a few there's a few in AEW and we saw in my opinion really the only new character we've seen in WWE was when Bray Wyatt came back and then with the introduction of the Fiend, that was the yeah. first time they had actually, you know, built a story around a character rather than just a person. And that's been something that I think the wrestling world has been missing for many, many, many years. So mm-hmm. with with that being said, if with USA most recently asking WWE for a more adult-oriented product, do you think we're going to see a reintroduction from WWE and now AEW as well of something that's a little bit more edgier or that pushes the envelope on that character side as well as on the content <clears throat> side. Well, and, and that's the that's the tough thing because the the line and, and one issue that and Lord, I could go on about the difference between a writer and a booker. <laughs> you need bookers again. I mean, that's that that's period. No ifs, ands, or buts. You've got people that have <laughs> never been in the wrestling industry that are writing television. And everything that they're putting out is a carbon copy of what they just put out. Yep. So everybody sounds like a robot. Everybody sounds like an actor. Nobody gets to be themselves. The only way you're going to get character work out of people, aside from every once in a while they do something like The Fiend, but it's rare. Right. The only way you're going to get character work out of people is let people grow. Let people look at you in the face and say, boss, give me the mic. I can do this. Because there's a lot of wrestlers out there that can't. There's a lot of wrestlers that have a ton of charisma, and you'd never know because they're being told exactly how they have uh-huh. to act. And if you diverge from that, there's somebody else that will do it for you, and you're fired. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the issue. How do we? Who do we know is talented? We don't. Everybody can wrestle, and that's <clears throat> that's a little bit different from what it used to be. It used to be a lot of guys could talk you into the seats. A lot of guys had character, but a lot of guys couldn't execute. A yeah. you know a a, a a nice twisting power slam, for example. You know, guy, it, the five guys out of ten maybe could do it where it was really <clears throat> nice. Nowadays, nine guys out of ten can do that move, yeah. but they can't talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like it's done a flip, and they, they've forgotten the character work. And I don't know that writers would ever be able to understand character work without just being able to say, hey. We never would have discovered The Rock if we had a not taken the handcuffs off him. Right, yeah. We never would have got Stone Cold Steve Austin if we never took the handcuffs off of him. We still would have had the Ringmaster. Yeah. Oof. So. That was awful. At some point, they have to look at some of these guys, not all at once, but a little at a time, and say, let me see what you got, because we need to do something. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's on point. I, I don't know that anybody here would disagree with you on no, that. No. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just been it's been interesting, and I, I think what we've been waiting on is whatever that tipping point is. That you know, there's always some that there's there's that spark that ignites some sort of response in the wrestling community. We've seen it time and time again. We saw it with the Attitude Era because Vince was being challenged <coughs> by WCW. We saw it with you know, 
we saw the product in WWE get better because the main roster guys felt like they were being showed up by NXT. So each each time there's a major change in the industry, it's usually brought on because somebody there's that spark, something gets lit, and everybody responds to it. I, I don't know that I've seen that yet with the emergence of AEW because I think WWE is just kind of taking the stance of, well, it's another TNA. Um, yes. And so it's, and quite honestly, they went so many years with no competition that I'm not sure that they know how to compete anymore with, you know, uh, a similar wrestling industry. And what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, what I had shared with the group <clears throat> was my belief and realization most recently that there is, there's a, that comparing WWE to AEW is not apples to apples. And, no. and wrestling fans have to have to come to terms with that. It's not the same. They're not going to be able to produce the same product. They're not going to get held accountable to the same standards. They're not going to be viewed the same way on a you know public in the, the the court of public opinion, so to speak, because they're so new. Yes. But and and I don't know that we'll ever get there. Quite frankly, between AEW and WWE. But you know, I I just think that um, you know. It's the wrestling industry is going to continue to evolve as a result of COVID and everything else that's occurred within the past year over the course of the next year. So uh, I'm going to wrap up our time with you on asking you what are you what are you anticipating or looking forward to the most in 2021? I mean, the easy answer is just getting back in the ring on a regular basis. Um, just before. <clears throat> Just before the COVID shut everything down, I had just gotten where I was working a program with Henry Godwin. Mm -hmm. And I'm wrestling under his old character from WCW as Shanghai Pierce. He's wrestling as Henry Godwin. And it's like his his old character is coming back to haunt him. It's almost like a Venom Spider-Man type thing. Okay. Um. I'd gotten myself up almost to his size. He's a couple inches taller than me, but I'd gotten myself up to 280 pounds with the gimmick and everything, and, and we we had some good matches. Uh, he felt really good about it. He had actually considered retiring, and he said, kid, I said, I like working with you so much. He was like, let's go ahead and take this, and you know, everywhere I get booked, I'll just tell him I'm only going to wrestle him because that's the only person I'm comfortable with at my age. So I'm like, oh God, my guy used to love the Shanghai Pierce character. Finally, this is gonna, I finally get to do this. Holy crap. Right? He gives me his old old boots, everything. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like these boots have been in the ring with the horsemen. But, you know, like everything's falling into place. Like, it's going great. And boom, uh, here's, here's, we've got four bookings already lined up. And then, bang, now everything's shut down. And that was literally it. He and I had kept in contact, but like that was it. that was it, you know. And I don't know. I mean, he indicated he would still like to get back in the ring, but you know, it's like, gosh, how much more time does he have left? We just wasted an entire year that we could have been doing this mm-hmm. and having a blast, you know, all over the place. So right now, for it's- me, that was the big letdown. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting back in the ring and trying to get that going again. Okay, I think that's fair. I think that's probably most of the wrestling world is just some sort of some sort of sense of normalcy to return of of what that's going to look like, and who knows what that normal is going to look like, um, you know, when we get there. 
But, uh, you know, uh, we'll go around the table here just real quick and see if anybody else has anything that they want to question uh, PQ on, Double K. Yeah, hey, PQ, what's going on, man? Hey, um, buddy, how are you? Good, good. You know, I, I really don't have any questions for you, but, you know, you know, I'm looking forward to working with you later this year and seeing what we can get into. All right, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, Smokey, you got anything for PQ? I actually do not. All right. Amen. Madam, many words. Yeah, we're just excited to get going. All right. Well, uh, Preston, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, be talking to you again soon. Okay. Y'all take care now. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You know what I would like to see now that we're in this area? Ravens win a playoff game? Oh, man, you guys got that today. We did. We did. Win today. But Win a Super Bowl because of your offense? <laughs> um, I'd like to see now that like we've been talking about there's no fans, anything, more characters instead of just names, more characters come back. Like Kane. You got all mm-hmm. these different things you can actually do, like these cinematic matches, different things like uh like they did with The Fiend and mm-hmm. Randy Orton. That was amazing, actually. Right. It's been a long time since I've been watching a show on television, and when the whole, when the whole place lit up, yeah, I lost it a little bit. Not gonna lie, I did <laughs> lost a little bit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right because it's oh, it was different. It was, was kind of okay. There we go. We're starting to go. It's like what we were talking about early thing. on here is. You've had this chance. You've been gifted a chance to be creative, and you've been gifted a chance to do something with it, and now you did. Right. So let's keep going. And this is where I was going with the whole Fiend thing earlier. You know, everybody's talking about they just buried the Fiend again, right? Do you remember all the times that Taker got buried alive? Yes. And nobody actually talked about him being buried. And what happened when he got buried alive when he came back? He was stronger. He was better. He was faster. I can't help it. <laughs> right? I can't help it. Get over it. Um, you know, it just... Nobody's burying the fiend. He's going to come back better, right. stronger, more invincible than he was at some point when he comes back. That was like when they brought the <clears throat> Bray Wyatt character back. They, just, thought, they were like, what happened to but the Fiend? Just how... Completely switching. Yeah. Uh, just how many times, though, to your, to your point, how many times have we watched The Undertaker, he got burned in a casket? hmm I don't think he ever won a casket match, did he? Nope. I don't think so. Uh, oh, yeah. He beat Mark Henry and he beat Heidenreich. And um, there was one over in overseas... The, One of those Saudi shows. Those don't count on the official record. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if you think about how many gimmick matches The Undertaker has been, was ever in, I would probably, if I went back and looked at the stats of it, he probably lost 90% of them. Right. Yeah. And he always came back. And even if you're going to relate him to The Undertaker, the title victories and the title links... Undertaker, when he won his first title, he lost it, what, a week later? Yeah. yeah. And, and so, one, of the, one of the interviews that they did with him in his last ride, he said, I didn't want the championship. You don't, you don't. He said he felt like he was better right. chasing it than he was being the champion. Mm-hmm. And not even that, that you don't, 
the Undertaker, and that's that was kind of my point earlier as well. Like with the whole character, you don't think and you don't expect and you don't even necessarily want the Undertaker. Or you didn't. You didn't want him to be champion. Like when if he was champion, it's like okay, cool. But his presence alone made the show. He, it made the match. He didn't need a title, and that's mm-hmm. where, of course, not to the same parallel, but they can take the Fiend. The Fiend doesn't need to be champion. Yeah. He doesn't need a long title reign. He just as needs long to be as he's there, exactly. everybody's exactly. excited. So this is a rare occasion where Nico was raising his hand. So I looked it up for you. Uh, the Undertaker's record was uh, 582 and 195. Total. So Total. his losses for his entire career. Across the entire career, he lost 195 times. So I'd be, I would be curious as to how many of those were gimmick matches that he lost. Yeah. Right. So. Who keeps track of that? So <laughs> somebody, somebody but there's somebody, somebody, somebody that somewhere that. There's a has that. Everything. But, but no, it, I mean characters like the Fiend, like Taker, even Sting. You know those type of gimmicks and those types of characters don't need titles for justification. No. So I mean, we, for God's sakes, we look, we watched Sting for how long in the rafters? Yeah, right. He didn't even wrestle a match. A whole year. How many of these big name wrestlers did you actually see hold the belt for a long, long time? So, well, here's the thing: is that CM Punk held it for a while. It got for a year. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, let's go to your Goldberg comment. Here's the thing that that I'm fine with, and and I was so happy that that. Preston Quinn said what he said is why do we keep having to do this? Yeah. That's and, true. I mean, it was an excellent point. It's the whole reason they did the Legends Night is because WWE is getting buried by USA right now and their executive team because the ratings are awful. Oh yeah, it's terrible. And so they're struggling and their own but their only way for them to get that ratings pop and we've seen it time and time again. We've had the conversation on this show when it comes to like Brock Lesnar. As soon as people People can put asses in seats the way that those guys do is when WWE will start putting their Wasn't money. Wasn't Booker T that said that? that like he was yeah. one of the first people. Yeah, to come he's out one and of the say, first people in saying, you know, when you can draw like a Brock Lesnar does, then he doesn't need to be here anymore. Right? Yeah, but that's not just on the performers, though. You got to think it's also on the writers and the stories that they want to put together. If the storyline doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's so you're not wrong. You're not wrong so I'm not totally going to disagree with you but if it's your job to bring a yeah. character and to bring a story oh, I'm, to I'm life then that's not, it not is on you it is and on I'm, you I'm just saying you may not, not all on them and if you're not good at that specific gimmick or that specific storyline or whatever it may be then you're just not good at it and they're going to find somebody else to right. do it well here's the thing that I'm going to challenge your statement with and then the, the next topic will be AEW and the introduction of Sting but the, the the thing that I'm going to challenge you with is that I agree with both of you. Is It's on the performer to deliver on the character. It's on the writers, and to PQ's point, the bookers, mm-hmm. which we don't have much of anymore. Nope. To Especially at that make level. Make something appeasing. Make something... Yes. But here's where I'm going to challenge your statement on that and side with you. And that is that... If anybody takes, if anybody thinks that, you know, and even in, within this group, we talked about how NXT was a superior product between w, between Raw and SmackDown and NXT. The, the NXT TakeOver shows, even now, are far more exciting and exhilarating than than Raw, SmackDown, and the main roster pay-per-views. Here's, 
add a little tidbit. It's like watching college football and professional football. Yes, I would agree with that. College so college football is more entertaining. For something. Okay. When the NFL, you're already getting. I wanted, I wanted more out of that. Yeah. So you look at NXT. So here's where I would challenge you. Do you think that the guys in NXT weren't being told what they needed to go out there and do? Oh, I'm not. But they were still trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it required them to put more passion into what they do. And the guys that want to stay there, like your Johnny Garganos, those guys have... they. The only reason that they get to stay where they are because they want to stay there is because they're delivering and they're showing WWE this is where I want to be this is what I want to do and it is on their performer to deliver it's no different and I think sometimes we lose touch of the fact that it's a business it's an entertainment business and so if your boss tells you you're going to go out there and you're going to do this and you need to sell it we've watched guys phone in matches before We've seen people no sell no. matches. The way that uh, Austin can't think of his last name now. Aries, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. his last match in oh, yeah. TNA, where he no sold the ending of the match, got up and just walked out. Well, he climbed up on the turnbuckle, said something to the the people that run TNA, and then he walked out. But that's my that's my point is that he still went out there. And delivered his performance. If you look at back at some of his final matches in WWE, you could very much tell that he had already checked out. Yeah. Like, I distinctly remember him taking a move on the inside of the ring. He rolled to the outside of the ring. The camera cut to him. And he was just leaned up against the side of the ring like, <laughs> all right, I'm waiting for my time to get back in. Because he wasn't selling it. And, and he, he lost his bite into it. And he has since talked about that. In interviews and, and shows where he admitted that he wasn't doing his job towards the end of his time there. And how many times have we heard that from multiple performers? Mm-hmm. There's been very few. CM Punk, to his credit, said, I can't sell this the way that I want to sell it anymore. So I, I'm just not going to do it. Mark that down. I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I think you should get that option if, if you're in a certain part of your career. To, to not do your job? No, no, no. To, if, you're, if they're trying to put you in a role that you know you can't perform as well as somebody else could have, I think you should get that option be like, hey, instead of me doing this, why don't you... Well, I, I think that happens, person. but that sometimes results in people getting released. Right. Yeah. Because you chose not to pursue a gimmick? Because you couldn't. Right. And maybe that's why you couldn't do it, is because you just either physically, morally, or whatever. You, you look at when... Um, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, ready to bring that up. when he mm-hmm. left WWE, he didn't agree with the leukemia storyline and everything that was going on with Roman Reigns, and he had a really hard time getting into that. And so that's what ultimately led to him just not renewing his contract and leaving. How they want to do right. That. And right. so I'm not doing that. Well, and that's the point. That's the thing that kind of frustrates me, too, because wrestlers, especially within the past 10, 15, 20 years, you know when you go to WWE, you're their property. You yeah, are no right. longer mm-hmm. who you were going into, mm-hmm. unless you are lucky, or one of the lucky few, like AJ Styles, yeah. where they don't touch you. They let you go out there. They let you debut as, what, number three in the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and let you skyrocket from there. Yeah. There's a select few, but you can't 
knowing you can't knowingly go into WWE and see the track record and know you're theirs once you get there and then be mad about it. Right. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, you you know what you're getting. I understand the passion and, and everything that it takes to be a wrestler. I mean, I don't know, but I, I can appreciate it and understand, but I just think took and like you you paid your dues to get there, you do what you want to do, whatever, but once you're there, you have to do what they say. It's like it's you can't just be like, oh well, I'm going to be different. They're going to let me do what I want to do. Like, it's not. I wish, and it could yeah. be more successful. And, and I don't. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but well, you know, once you sign that contract, like with the whole, you know, you can't be on Twitch. And like, it sucks, and I don't agree with it. But you sign a contract. You know, going into WWE, what they want and what they are. And right. if, you, if you don't agree with that, then you don't go there. And what right. what does every one of these performers say? I've worked my entire life to get there to be here. Right. So you know what it is. When's the last time? You heard an AEW star say, I worked my entire life to be an AEW. Well, Not yet. You won't hear it yet. Right. And it's you don't necessarily hear that. it yet. I can see that in the next five, ten years. I'll give, they, okay. They, they I'll give you that. Yeah. If, if they, the wrestlers now wanting to be in AEW more than WWE, but that's your decision. <clears throat> you have to know that. AEW, you'll have your freedom, and you may monetarily be as Maybe. successful. Things could change. Right. But... I don't know. Like it just it, it blows me where they you sit there and just complain on social media about all this stuff you can't do, and it's like you're getting paid. Don't just let it go. <laughs> you're getting paid thousands of dollars, and like I don't know, I don't get it. Just let it go. What? Nothing. Well, I being a child, I did look at your Undertaker stats. Oh, did you? There is a website for it. No, yeah. <laughs> I told you, there's a stat just for everything. Well, yeah. Stop. Uh, he lost forty percent of his pay per view matches. Forty percent of his pay per view matches. Pay per views gonna cry. 40%? 40%. Undertaker lost, lost 40%. He lost, don't be a child, 69 times. On pay-per-view. On pay-per-view. Oh. So that's not WrestleMania. Except for twice. <laughs> yeah. He's got a couple there. So, twice. You know, it's, it is... It, it, I think that we would all we can all agree that there's shared responsibility on both the performer and the organization to provide a quality product. Like I think that's on both. I don't think either is exclusive to it. But another. your armchair quarterbacks on Tuesday morning or Saturday morning or Thursday morning only blame one side. Sure, right. only one side. They don't see the other side. It's like a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Roethlisberger goes out there tonight with the play and screws it up. Is it on the coach for calling the play, or is it on him for not being able to execute the play? You know, it's the, the same thing could be said for you look at WWE and AEW. Like we've talked about before, there are times where with WWE, like if some of these stars were to have the significant and multiple, we'll use the wrestling term, botch, as we've seen on several AEW shows, they wouldn't even be on TV oh, anymore no. in yeah. WWE. Now, we've seen recent, in my opinion, I think the WWE stars are getting sloppier, more so over the past six to nine months. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because they don't have a live crowd in front of them, and they're relying on TV to edit out most of what happens. They're relaxing a little bit. So, yeah. well, and also, I, can't, I have to imagine that it takes the passion out of it for them at to... Preston's point when he was talking to us, it's not the same when they're in the ring and the, oh, there's no sound. It, it, there, it, there's no like, way it can be the same. Right. Right now. So, but... Because even, even sitting at home and watching it, you're kind of reacting the same way the crowd does yeah. at the same time. And without so, that, you're like... Hey, so uh, that... Okay. <laughs> what we're saying right now, though, goes back to something you said before we talked to Preston um, about the wave of the futures kind of in front of us with the TVs. Right. And, 
The only reason I would kind of disagree with that, I don't think you're wrong. I think that is going to be uh, used a little more heavily. I don't think it's going to be the only no, thing, but you're going to see more of it. I think the more, once we get to the point where we're able to have crowds and we're able to be there and the energy's back, you're going to see the performers perform differently. They're going to be more energetic. They're going to be into a little less sloppy. Um, I, I think that, at the end of the day, will win, win out. And I don't think we're going to have dominantly cinematic matches. We're still going to... I like cinematic matches now, like but once, but once we, we get that. there, those can be a special thing instead right. of being everything. Yeah. 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 It's like, I like having them on certain occasions... And not all the time. So, but I'll take them right now. Let's let, let's move Lots forward to the the topic that the elephant in the room that we've well I've dodged several times now, um, which is the Sting and AEW topic. So, I thought the way that they introduced Sting was very clever. The whole winter is coming theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually going to say that I. I I think AEW brought him in for the same reasons that WWE is bringing back legends. It's they need seasoned veteran folks to help boost ratings. So what you're saying well, well, is they that, need exactly opposite of what Kenny Omega always preached that they did. Well, yes and no. I think that you need a mixture of both. And oh, AEW draw more eyes. Right. They're still they're still new. They're well, still trying to draw more mm-hmm. people in to watch. If you I guarantee you if you looked at the demographics of the fan bases between WWE and AEW, AEW has a much younger fan base than WWE does. Mm-hmm. WWE has a young fan base in the sense of children, but its other fan base is is, is us. It's right. our the, age group. It's older, but the nineteen to thirty long. yeah, the nineteen to thirty range, that's not WWE's fan base. That's mostly AEW, indie scene, smaller promotion fan base. Mm-hmm. So, and even if you look at the ratings, demographics that are broken down by household age range, you see the same numbers reflected. The older crowd and children or families tend to steer towards WWE, while AEW, because of the way that they produce their show, is a little bit of an edgier product, so it creates a different Reminds attraction. Me a lot like the whole attitude era. So I think, but here's my here's my issue with Sting and AEW. Finally, I'll start with the easy one first. I would have been much more okay with it if it wasn't for Tony Schiavone screaming. It's been 20 years since Sting's mm-hmm. been on TNT. I would have been much more okay with it if I didn't have to hear that three times. Yep. When he showed up. Because all that did was remind me that he's really old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the nostalgia of it is is cool. <laughs> but if I'm one of the guys in the back, in the roster, the, the, the locker room, isn't AEW right now doing the exact same thing that they all criticized WWE for doing in the past? They have a huge roster, too. Which they said they were never going to have. Oh, it, it, yeah, <laughs> they said they were going to have a small, intimate well, roster. They, they have a second show coming, so I think that was the idea when they were signing a lot of the guys too. 
Probably. Eventually, before all this happens. For the nursing home matches. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be Sting versus Arn Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. Sting versus Jericho. I have no interest in seeing that. But from from a Sting perspective, that's probably safe. Well, yeah, Jericho can't move fast anymore. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's so, probably said. No. But, so here's my second issue with Sting. I don't know about you guys, but I can recall the last time I saw him in the ring. Not very good. And it terrifies me. Yeah. And that was with Seth. That was yes. with Seth. A young guy. It terrifies me. That was the day me. Seth tried to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> it terrifies me that he's going to get back in the ring. Because it's almost one of those things where it's like, did you not learn your lesson? Maybe he's not going to get back in the ring. Maybe he won't. It's going to be a cinematic match. We don't know what that means. That's very true. That's very true. I do think that... At this day and age of how wrestling is... We don't know what that means. And with Sting, I think that it's... I think they're very clearly building towards a Darby Allen rivalry with him. I think I'm because that was the one that he did get down in the face, face to face with. Well, no, because then no, they came out together team, yeah. last week to save the day together. Yeah. So, like no, I think it's more Sting grooming Darby to take that character. So, or something similar to. I do think Dark. that. Dark. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I do think that that it was it was cool, but like I said, Tony Schiavone ruined that for uh, me. I don't disagree. So, because. You know, it's kind of like the same thing when we all thought Goldberg was coming back for that one Survivor Series match, and they were like, it's been 12 years since we've seen Goldberg in the ring. And it was like, great, but he's only here for one night. Until two months later. And then another two months later. And how many years? And then this is now year three. So, but moving on from the Sting topic to the Goldberg topic, I don't have an issue with what they're doing with Goldberg because I think it's a one-off match. I don't think he beats beats McIntyre, I think McIntyre squashes him. That's what I think you're going to get. Um, I Well, I take that back. I don't think it's going to be a squash, but here's, here's, what, here's what I see. Taker, when you watch the last Ride documentary, he talked about how much he was pissed off after the Goldberg match because, and both of them were, okay. that it just didn't go the way that they wanted when it Goldberg to. Goldberg knocked himself out what, a minute or two into the match? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was before he got to the ring. So, but no, but then he got the head butt the door, and then and then got knocked completely out when he hit the pole. Yeah. So, it's but you you look at you look at what happened there, and then like Goldberg got his retribution match when he just came in and squashed Dolph Ziggler, but that wasn't a match. So it was kind of like Taker came back and squashed Cena at WrestleMania, but he after that did a couple of more matches after the Goldberg match to redeem because he wanted to feel better about Mm -hmm. it. I don't think there's very limited people that you could put in the ring with Goldberg for him to get some sort of redemption that would have the ability, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but carry him through a match. Drew McIntyre is one of those people. Because you can't put him in there with uh, an AJ Styles unless you're going to do a cinematic. Because ain't no way in hell AJ Styles going to be able to pick Goldberg up. He just wouldn't be able to do it. You couldn't put him in there. You, you could see Goldberg in a Styles clash. Yes. <laughs> no, because you know what? Bill Goldberg wouldn't agree to do that. He would so, say no. He, he wouldn't do it. So it's it's one of those things where it's like if this is going to be it for him, 
if they can come out and actually put on a good match <coughs> that's not a Goldberg Lesnar. So you think this is it? Flop? This is his last match. I don't think. So. No, I don't think so. Okay. But I think that this is. I think this is his way of of redemption. I think all of these guys, whether it's Sting, Goldberg, Taker, all of them, I think they're all going to do it till they can't. Well, look, I mean, I, I, and that's where Taker is right now. He's at a point where he's like, I, I can't. He can't until he hasn't. And well, actually, with Taker, you can't say he can't until he hasn't for a year or so, because right. that's what I was going to say. Because that's what he does every year. Now, I think we've said it before. I think Taker is the is the rarity. That when he's inducted to the Hall of Fame, I think that's when it's finally hit. he's done. Yes, I don't believe he's going to be the the random Hall of Famer that comes back for one off matches or any. No, of that's, that. no. But I also think that that's like that's your that's your Triple H's, that's your Kurt Angle, that's your Goldberg. These are the guys that you can dig out of the mothballs. That sounds awful. I would still Triple <laughs> H is fine. Triple H so, still, but he's a Hall of Famer. So looks that, the part, right, but, but can still go. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. He's still a Hall of Famer, whether whether people want to look right. at it like that or not. He is. He's well, a Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you yeah. so it's but uh, you know, Sean proved, albeit the match was a disaster, but Sean proved in Saudi Arabia that they don't count though. That no, they don't count. Not but, not only the official record. So he he no, proved in Saudi like Arabia when they came out a couple years ago that he hadn't been in the ring in what eight years. And he carried the whole damn match. He can still go now, and that's what. Yeah, but Shawn Michaels is a different animal. Well, right. that's true. He's a horse of a different kind. Shawn, hold up. You cannot compare Shawn and Bill Goldberg. No, no, I'm not trying to. What I'm trying to say is that that's, we were talking. We were talking about Hall of Famers coming back, and Taker being the type that's like, once he gets inducted, that's done. Yeah. Yeah. He's done. He's not going to be a, inducted. It's. God, I hope he's still alive when when he gets oh, inducted. Uh, yeah, but um, until he's buried alive. Well, I honestly, I, I honestly think he's your headliner. Oh, whenever the Hall of oh, Famer returns, we, 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 not, so, no, we've had yeah. this before because the only other person to go in alone was Andre. Yeah, Taker deserves his own class. But since, but since it's been televised in an actual event, I don't think anyone has. It's just been that like that night has been all about them. I so. It'll be where the hall, the hall of since it's been since they started yeah, yeah, televising yeah. it, they haven't done like a single person induction. But um, he's the one that you could do it for. No, I, I agree. I agree. Like um, they could, they could come up with one hour. But yeah, but the Goldberg thing, like I, I, I get why they're doing it. I don't think we're going to see Goldberg Lesnar for. Uh, I, I hope not. I, I disagree. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with the Drew and Goldberg match. I, I would be okay with it. Like. The Goldberg and Roman match, but the way they just I mean, out of the two, out of the two, and not right now at the at the Rumble. God, I almost threw up in my mouth. <laughs> well, the whole thing didn't make sense. The whole thing with Goldberg just randomly coming out, calling out Drew McIntyre. McIntyre. That damn McIntyre. McIntyre. <laughs> we finally got her. It wasn't me. <laughs> Oh, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> That's a whole new. It's funny because now he's got fire for for pyro and stuff. Now, when the sword goes in, fire comes up. Oh, All right, so never look at it. And say, What's your issue with Goldberg and McIntyre <laughs> or fire? Either of them, it would be the same. So he comes out and says, "Drew Bill has Goldenberg. no respect. Has no respect. No nothing." To Drew and Drew has literally been the one 
Go ahead. Defending the legends. They came out, what, a few months ago and helped him against Randy. Like, it, it's, it makes no sense. I feel like it was half-assed. They just threw it in there for no reason. And I just, I don't, I don't agree with it. I thought the same thing, too. But then, like, three days after that, I read that they were short on time. And so, what was supposed to happen after Drew for won. Real? Yeah. So, Drew. You have a three-hour show. I get it. I get it. How much time do you need? Look. I loved it. We had to listen to like seven million different brothers that night, so it was fine. I was good with it. But no, they were short on time. So what was supposed to happen was McIntyre beats Keith Lee, celebrates, and then turns to the legends. The reason they were positioned the way they were with the ramp open is McIntyre was supposed to turn to the legends, throw some insults up there, and kind of dog them out. Then Goldberg was supposed to come out and cut the promo that he cut. So that That's why it didn't make off because right. Drew is Drew is your top champion on Raw. Why Drew McIntyre is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said Drew. But maybe McIntyre either or is your heel. Either or, it's, he's been a good guy. So McIntyre fire Drew that dude. He's been a good guy. So, and literally at the beginning of the show, he's back there cheesing it up with Hulk, who is still your good guy. Calm, hey, whoa, calm down. That's okay. <laughs> even more. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. So here's the thing. So what, Drew's going to be a bad guy now? And no, I don't. For the I don't. He technically was a heel when he won the Rumble. That's true. He was a heel um, when he won the Rumble. And then all of a sudden, with zero story behind him becoming a, a face, it just boop, happened. So, but you've been, he's been a face for a year now. Yes. Well, but right. here, I what I would challenge you on there is if you just pause for a second and think about <laughs> across wrestling history. If you'll just pause. Is, is we've seen the, the the statement that you're making right now that you know well he just switches and all of a sudden yeah we've seen it hundreds of times in wrestling what, a face heel yep hundreds yeah, that's of that's times not even my main gripe and so with I, I see where I get I get where you're coming from when it comes to like they it they made up like your main like they've kind of made up a storyline but at the same time like what else were you gonna do. You have you have Sheamus, you have Keith Lee, you have Randy Orton. You don't need Goldberg against Drew. Goldberg just went on the bump a week ago. It was saying that he he wants to go after Roman Reigns. So now it's Roman against Adam Pierce at Royal Rumble, whatever. But like you, you had so many other options he, for Drew. Here's the thing, though: that, you you still that. don't know. Sorry, I kind of lost this conversation. You still don't know what this looks like. In, at the Rumble in two weeks. I don't care if Drew squashes him. I don't think we get necessary. that, though. I don't think that's what we're getting. No, I think we're going to get a match. But they haven't even announced it, first of all. So we're actually jumping to a conclusion that that's what's going to happen. Because they haven't announced it. So we may not e- we may not even get it. I don't think that's what we're getting. I think... So we may get... But I would not be surprised if we don't get a Goldberg interference in the Roman Reigns match with Adam Pearce. So Drew Goldberg happens first, probably? Potentially, Goldberg if we even get that, that, yes. Then interferes later? Then interferes in the Roman Reigns match. God, that makes because, it worse, man. But you, you have to... You, we're going to get Roman Goldberg at some point. Well, like we, Right. We just we have to accept that. Uh, and WWE yeah. has, has not been awful recently about some of their swerves. They've actually been pretty good with them. That's not a swerve. When That's they, like... When they... Well... <sighs> I mean, let's be real. It, it's they're they're struggling to come up with content right now is part of their problem. That could work. 
Edge hasn't been back since he got hurt. Because well, he can't. He's not clear to return. Right. Yet. When he comes back, they can run the storyline of him going after the title because if you look at it, technically he never lost it. This is true. Well, I mean, that that's true, and I think... And I think that's a it's that would be a good storyline to run with whoever the champion is. Well, I think you get when he but comes back. I think you have to bring him back to SmackDown, or else send Randy to SmackDown. Because if you have Edge Orton on the same show, so then you can't get away from that storyline. Well, no, here's my prediction: they did too much with that. that see, it was good. I thought they were the way that I thought they were going to do it is when Randy beat Drew the first time. For, well, but for the title, I thought then okay. Well, we haven't seen Edge in a while, and that feud didn't really get its proper end because of his injury. I was thinking, all right, well, maybe Edge comes back. That feud continues. They go on for the title. I, I think there's a chance that this Monday there's a rematch between uh, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton again, which I'm over that match. Yeah. But... I think that, I mean they're gonna they're gonna do that yeah, one. Even that is like why? Yeah, More they're gonna, right. well. I'm here's here's what I think we're gonna end up with. This is just my prediction, and I could be way out of left field. But it's it's been something that Edge talked about, so I wouldn't be surprised if it comes to fruition. And that is that I think somehow or another, I, I think Goldberg's involved at the Rumble. I don't know what that capacity looks like. Maybe we get a Goldberg. Maybe we get a Triple Threat. Nope, I think maybe we get a triple threat. I think we get a, maybe we get, maybe this Monday, somehow or another, they come out and it's like, okay, well, if Randy beats McIntyre tonight on Raw, he gets put into a match with McIntyre for the title at the Royal Rumble, and then it becomes a triple threat between Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't have to, hold on, let me finish. Goldberg doesn't have to carry the match. There's two other guys in the match. Randy wins, gets the belt. Edge returns at the Rumble, wins the Rumble. Randy Orton versus Edge for the championship at WrestleMania. That is what Edge... Edge ended his career. And that is what Edge has said he wants. So whether I like it or not is irrelevant. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we get. I think that would... In my opinion, I think the best way for Edge to get the title is for him to beat Randy. I don't need... I Listen, I'm with you. I don't need Goldberg to show up at all. And I don't... it's, it's the title. It's the title. Right. It's I don't care if he comes I, back, I don't but don't put him in the main that's, picture. And that's so, my, my, my main gripe between... After that squash match that he had with Brock so, Strowman. When did he have a stroll? Oh, no, no, sorry. I was thinking Bray Wyatt, my bad. Uh, Bray yeah. Wyatt. Well, remember, he killed Owens in 30 seconds. Yep. He destroyed Dolph Ziggler. That's Ziggler. I'm talking about title match. Oh. Oh. Fiend. Uh, he got Lesnar. Same well, way. I, I, that's why I think that, that one I didn't care about. I didn't but mind either but way. That's why I, I don't think we get the squash this time. I think I think the match starts with a spear and a jackhammer. Well, ho- hopefully it's better than the one the thing took. Yes, <laughs> but I think that was more like a, that. Was, no, that was more like a jack roll. <laughs> I think we. I think we get that, and I think we get if if we even get that match at all, and then we get a McIntyre kick out, and then I think you have. Well, that's like how a full, match starts. But I think you get a full match, and I think McIntyre wins, and he's the one to say, like, no, I went toe-to-toe with him and beat him. There's few, there's very few guys. like So it's the same thing. Like I think of this the same way that I think of the Lesnar-Undertaker-WrestleMania loss. We all hated it. That never happened. We all hated it. it. But, but when that happened... It's not on the official record, no. But when that happened, 
I cried a little. There was a there was a moment where it was like, okay, that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Literally. And the reality of it was is that it was there had to be a guy. We all agree, I think, that it shouldn't have been that one. No. But there had to be a guy. Didn't Taker pick that guy though? Yes. No. Didn't he come out and say that he, he didn't think it should have been Lesnar? I'm pretty sure. I thought he came. I thought he came. He wanted it to be John. Yeah, no, he. I don't remember what he said. There are conflicting stories. Because Lesnar didn't need it. Well, Heyman's the one that says. He damn sure didn't need it. No, but Heyman was the one that said Taker was the one that picked Lesnar. So. Yeah. So supposedly he wanted to end the streak the year before. Yes. So, Supposedly. but re- regardless, my point of all of that was was that there always has to be a guy, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels was Ric Flair's guy. There has to be a guy. That also made sense, though. Yeah, I'm not saying, but some of them don't make sense. Nope. Some of them don't. And no, so, I you know, when Taker was on the Broken Skull sessions. He said he wanted it to be John. So it's not the the thing for me is is that there always has to be a guy. I would be okay with Drew McIntyre being that guy to put Goldberg down. Well, and that's my thing because the whole Goldberg to say I'm done. a month ago was saying he wanted to go after Roman Spear versus Spear, whatever. So, okay, if Goldberg loses to Drew, how do you get him ready for Roman then? Well, but you don't use them go away. But then that's. Here's the thing. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, but but if. But let's say they do just let him go away. Are you going to miss him? No, I then just let him go away. And I'm not saying he should stay around, but I'm saying, I'm saying the rumble doesn't need to happen because they are going to have Goldberg and Roman. So why even have Goldberg and Drew even be a thing or an idea right now? Like I, I just don't. It's not necessary. You, you had I the way I, I could see you doing it with, with Goldberg and um, or you have or you have Roman. Go ahead. Is the whole tribal chief thing? I remember seeing at the end of SmackDown. He looked at Paul Heyman and told him, "Go find somebody that doesn't respect me." Well, and they have that that time right there with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman has always been close to Goldberg. Paul Heyman right. is close with uh, Reigns, so you it's kinda, like you can Paul Heyman can tie. Well, I, listen, you know, I don't, I don't, but I also feel like that. Like, I do, I do not respect you. If that's the key, that. though, if that's the key to something to lead somewhere, how it would make more sense for Heyman to go get Lesnar. Well, I I think that there well, is yeah, of course, yeah. if if the, if him saying go find yeah. somebody that doesn't does, doesn't respect me, or yeah. then it only makes sense for Heyman to go get Brock Lesnar. There's a hundred different possibilities. Look, they, like I said, they haven't even officially booked the the Goldberg McIntyre match. It's not advertised anywhere. It hasn't been mentioned since the night it happened. I saw something. I don't I know how true it is way. about the what was it bringing back Armageddon or something. So, yeah, I've heard that. But it's the, my point with saying that is is that we may be talking and wasting our time over a conversation of a match that isn't even going to happen. Well, yes and no. So, the the other side of it too is is that what you also could get, and I could see them doing, is they just blow off the Goldberg challenge, and then all of a sudden he interrupts the Reigns Adam Pierce match because he's pissed that he didn't get his match with Drew McIntyre. So now he's the heel. And Pierce is a, and, an official. Right, so Adam Pierce is a, right. Yeah, but you can't have Goldberg go in as a heel well, against he, the greatest uh, heel character right. well, he wouldn't, that they have right now that they've had in years. I don't think that if he interfered in that match, he wouldn't be the heel. Uh-uh. Right. 
he would be, he'd be the savior to Adam Pierce. Essentially, is what he would be. No, but so yeah. but then you're saving a guy you're pissed at. So, but the being Adam Pierce, yes, he didn't make you a match. So, so well, but Adam Pierce is on SmackDown, right? But mm-hmm. he's on Raw as well. He's on Raw. Well, that's true. He's, he's, he's the, the official. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but you know that what I'm saying is is that there's several different oh. ways that this could go. Yeah. And we don't know what that's going to be yet. So, you know, I think it's just going to be interesting to see where we go after the Royal Rumble. I, my money is on Edge winning the, the Rumble. That's, okay. that's, that's what I see. Like a surprise mm-hmm. re-entry. Um, as far I mean, as... It last year, but, you know. Um, what I see with the Women's Royal Rumble... Um, well, you know what? Let, let's do that because we're, we're going to be running out of time here shortly. We're already pushing an hour and a half. So, Does that mean we're going to have Goldberg come out and cut a promo? So, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's do this. My pick to win the Men's Royal Rumble is is going to be Edge. And we're only going to be doing these shows once a month now instead of weekly. So we won't be together again until after the Rumble. So that's my pick, Smokey. I'll have to go with you. Edge, A-Man. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Well, that's talk about something not worth watching. <laughs> um, he just crapped all over your pick. Whatever, it's better than Goldberg or fucking Edge. I've been trying so hard to keep that in all night. It wasn't me! (laughs) Of all the people. It was not me! I I, I I feel like I just won the rumble right now. I just won the rumble myself. So many times. Wow! (laughs) And that was that one was legit too. Oh yeah, that was that was the whole thing, (laughs) followed by one of the worst high fives ever. Uh, So, who's your pick, Lesnar? Lesnar. Okay, that's an interesting one. Uh, In my opinion, I'm telling you where I think it's going. Tired of seeing Lesnar. Just you haven't seen him in almost a year. What do you mean you're tired exactly. of seeing him? You've seen Goldberg more see, recently than you've seen him. You haven't seen Brock since Mania. I don't want to see either one of them. <laughs> you have all I'm these new guys. Him. Calm down. No, no, you have all these new guys that you have. All Good, this. I've got the AED on the wall over there. <laughs> Go get it. We're going to need it for Smokey here in a minute. new guys to push new characters. Sorry. I agree. You don't need these guys. I, I mean, I. You don't have any seats for people to sit in. Look, here's the thing. You know what? Look, ratings. Here's the thing. If WWE lets their legends go, and they don't use them anymore, they're just going to AEW. That's true. So Vince is going to use them, so Tony Khan doesn't. Yep. So we're well because at that point, if that were to happen, we'd have WCWF on <laughs> E E <laughs> on W. So the on TNT. And you wouldn't know whether you're watching Monday Night Raw or Monday Night Nitro because so they're be all the USA same. USANT? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm just, it's I'm just a person that likes no, I'm fresh instead of. I agree. I agree thing. 100%. I think we're still stuck in that same pattern, though. And we were doing so good before COVID. Of you were starting to see like there were there were stars that were emerging, and I think because of COVID, and I'm this probably going to hurt some people's feelings, mm. and also because of AEW, the building of some of those storylines and what could have been, we're never going to know, right? Because the people jump ship, or they feel felt some kind of way, and so they just chose to sat to sit out and not participate the way that they used to. They're just waiting for their contracts to be up. You know that's. This is we're in a period right now where WWE is kind of handicapped 
Because you're right. They don't have seats for people to sit in. But if they don't keep the networks happy with the ratings that come in, they will lose their TV time. Mm -hmm. And they can't afford for that to happen. And again, these guys pull in numbers. So that's why they keep bringing them back. Because you know what? When people hear, who haven't watched wrestling in two years, when they hear that, oh, well, Goldberg's back, guess what happens? That small group watches again. That's why Legends Night is always Yeah, successful. but you don't, yep. you don't necessarily need to put these who, legends who, who, who in the top legends. Like, no, that, I, no, I think there's a unanimous consent that these guys don't need to be... To I'm getting one of the phone cases. These guys don't need to be... In title pictures, right. I think we all can agree on right. that. They have, there's no reason for them to if be involved in the title. If they didn't do picture. that, I would never complain. Exactly. Thank you. Right. So, I like, I, I'm not hating on them. I like the old guys, but why do you really need to put them in a title picture? They're, they've had their their career, oh, their, yeah. their titles. Well, I, I think that some of it's just the showcase nature of it. That they're trying to. I mean, pay per views have become showcase events. And so they're trying to showcase them in a different way. And right now they're running out of ideas. So, and they're running out of ideas because, like, Keith Lee could be a great match for Drew McIntyre. And it could be a great way to transition from Drew McIntyre to someone else. But here's the problem. If, if The thing we don't think about a lot of the times is if we take the belt off of this person and put it on this person, who's that person going to fight now? That's why they... Yeah, but this is, this is also... Yes, that's, yes. That's you had, back before, but NXT became pretty much equal with everything else. You were having all these NXT guys come out and be put on the new, on the um, main roster and then just got put back. Yes, like, but they didn't care. over the course of the next 12 months, there are 56 WWE contracts that are going to expire. So their mentality right now, to Double K's point, is... They have to find a way to keep people in in their spot. Because when they leave, where are they going? They're going to AEW. And so WWE is and not... You, you bring in the NXT guys, and then, oh, we're just going to bury you, and you'll be okay with uh, it. Well, he, he has said before, and it, it's true, I think a lot of times WWE has these contracts and doesn't use these guys. A, they don't have anything for them to do. So they're literally holding on to the contract, holding on to the talent solely and only so they don't go to AEW or Impact or, you know, Impact DW as it looks like it's becoming now or (laughs) AE Impact. (laughs) You know, I'm not that cool. If if they're going to be doing some some show hopping, that's fine. That's different. That's cool. Um, You know, what was it? The travel pack? What was it? The. What WWE had when they did the brand split, and then three or four were allowed to travel to the other oh, show. Yeah. For the wild card, the, the wild, wild card. card. So now AEW and Impact have the wild card. I did. Well, that's what it was. The, the travel the same, pass. It was the same five people that just flew right, the show same back and forth. Yeah, it was a travel pass. <laughs> so. But but no, like I, I think that's what you're. Go collect five hundred dollars. you had Roman and the Usos that would consistently go here. You had the New Day that would come here. Yes, and that was it. So it's it's. Listen, and Alexa Bliss, they just we we don't know. There's a ton of people that we could go through the WWE roster right now and say they're not doing anything with them. I mean, they just aren't. For me, Black, me, AJ Styles. They're not doing anything with AJ Styles, and so that that and AJ really doesn't want to. 
want to do anything. Well, it's the same thing. So, like, I don't ever see Daniel Bryan being... One of my issues with Daniel Bryan is I think that since he's become a dad, he's actually openly said that he doesn't want a full-time schedule. He wants a part-time, less work, strenuous, wants to be able to spend more time at home with his family. And I don't think the quality of his work is the same as it used to be. And so not saying that he's not a talented not saying that he's not a talented performer. He is, but he's just not the same that he used to be. And so and I, some of that may be that there's no live crowd. That might be part of it. Like, he was one of those guys that fed off of the energy of the crowd, and so that might be part of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, That's Daniel Bryan... Yes right. To, yes. You're not going to have the yes to, with no crowd. To, to your point is my issue with Daniel Bryan is actually the same thing that we've all been talking about all show, is it's not new. Even though, I, even though I'm predicting Edge to win, that doesn't mean I want Edge to win. I'm just predicting that's what they're going to do, but it's not new. No. Give me, you want something that will excite the fans? Then no, give, that they'll never see. Then out. let Keith Lee win the Rumble. Well, that was that would have been my choice had they not been burying him the past however many. Months. So well, they did just put him in a match against McIntyre Monday for the WWE title. So so you can't be buried and still get a title and match. still get a title match yeah, on point, the flagship show. He, Flagship that's well, that's what it is. The fla- it is. Yeah, but they, so it's not, but it is. I, I think they should have done so, a lot more with him. Well, well, too. He and Nico and I have talked a couple times. Look at Keith Lee right now, physically. Yeah. Look at Keith Lee in NXT. It's not the same guy. He's he's kind of let us. He's he's getting fat. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't small to begin with. No, no, but no, he's no, no, putting no, no, on no. weight. You can go back and find pictures where he's a large man because he's a large dude. Yeah, but there was a hint of a six pack there. When well, he go was look doing, at his pre NXT pictures. But when he was doing all the flips and all that craziness in NXT, look at him now. He has physically let himself go. Well, it's kind of the Braun Strowman effect. Like you know, you remember when he came from NXT, he was he was in shape. He wasn't. Like he is now, but he was well, in shape. Ridiculous yeah. now. God. And then he came to the main roster, and all of a sudden, he just started, started getting fat, round and soft. Because before wrestling, he was a fat kid. Yeah. Well, and he said, but the, he, who did he say was the guy that turned turned him around? Vince. Vince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wasn't a small dude because I've, I've seen a I watched an interview that they did with Braun. He was not a small guy growing up. The general. He's well, I mean, God, he's bigger, six foot eight, three hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, he's been a yeah bigger guy, and then going from that to then he probably came out and went straight to kindergarten. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but the point with Keith Lee, <laughs> I mean, real quick, let me finish up on Keith Lee. <laughs> It goes hand in hand with the with him slipping physically. He's not sharp in the ring right now. No. He's not. Not as sharp as he was. He's trying to do some of the, the things that he did in NXT and he can't do it. It's and that's not Vince burying him. That's not But that goes back to your, your comment of the performer has to perform. Right. right. All Vince did, he changed his music when he came out and put him in some ridiculous shorts. <laughs> right away. They fixed that. So now what's the problem? Right. They even changed his music back to something similar to what it was in NXT now. So now what's the problem? Yeah. They're they're booking him to be a powerhouse and an athletic powerhouse, and he's he's not 
capable right now of delivering. I'm a Keith Lee fan. I always have been. But right now, he's not the same guy that he was in NXT, and that's on him. I agree. So we are going to conclude this return episode uh, with and a the same way we ended every episode. How are we going to do that? We don't have buttons. So just raise your hand. Or the belt. Raise your hand. Well, you, the belt's sitting at home in your case. But. Oh, that's right. I do have the belt. So <laughs> we have our reigning, defending, <laughs> multi-time mm. Wrestle Rewind Trivia Champion Double K, um, who also now... By effect, is the longest reigning trivia champion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the longest reigning champion. So, um, we're going to go through a series of uh, questions here. We're going to try to keep it simple tonight. So, we're only going to do 10 questions. Whoever has the most points at the end of those 10 questions. Hang on, real quick. Don't you owe me my title from uh, the last pay per view? Mm-hmm. I won. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you bring it with you? Of course not, because you so can't even show up on. Not that. only so. double K, I'm double belts right now. <laughs> you're, you're double K two belts. That's right. <laughs> hey, that sounds better. That sounds good. Cool. So, all right, here we go. Uh, again, ten questions. Whoever has the most points at the end of the ten questions wins. Which of the following inductees was not inducted posthumously to the WWE Hall of Fame? Buddy. I started giggling because I knew it was coming. <laughs> I saw it coming. I was like, oh, I couldn't help it. It means that posthumously means that they were inducted after they died. Gotcha. I started giggling and I heard him go. <laughs> <laughs> No clue what that meant. Oh, God. Gotcha. I'm with you now. <laughs> Buddy Rogers, Bret Hart, <clears throat> The Grand Wizard, Junkyard Dog, or Mae Young? Read the question one more time. I got lost completely. Yeah. Which of the following inductees was not inducted posthumously? Buddy Rogers, Bret Hart, the Grand Wizard, Junkyard Dog, or Mae Young? Double K. Bret Hart. Bret Hart is correct. But wouldn't Mae Young be a, a correct answer as well? Because I thought she was inducted. Uh, I, thought she, I thought she got inducted right after she Look, Don't be mad because you didn't answer it, right? I mean, Nico, no, can you check that real quick? Because yeah, I thought it was her and Moolah on stage. Was May, it was Bret and was May Mae Young still breathing? <laughs> No, I mean, actually. <laughs> she might have been there. Could have been a hologram. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they had put her in right after. She was died. inducted in 2008, and she died in 2014. Okay, so, oh, wow. so that's wow. one and one. So that's one and one, because those are both correct answers. Okay. Actually, we'll do one, one, and one, because he agreed with you. So that's three points around the board. So, Nico, each one of them has one point for that round. Alright, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask questions where there's multiple correct answers. Alright, so. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, these are not our normal questions, so some of them I'm, I'm having to. I just want you to understand I didn't come up with them, I just had to find them. Uh, this red giant wore a mask throughout the Attitude Era and was one of. Double K. Okay. 
Kane is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> On June 28, 1998, at King of the Ring, The Undertaker wrestled his longtime rival Mankind in a Hell in a Cell match. The bout remains one of the most physically violent in wrestling history. What did Mankind do during the contest to kick it up a notch? And I'm going to give it to Double K. Uh, pushed his tongue through a hole in his lip? Yes, he did. And that's actually the exact answer that was given. <laughs> hmm. That wasn't the one I would have guessed, but that, would have, that was exactly... That's actually what I was going to say. Stuck, yeah, his, I mean, stuck his tongue through well, a hole in the, the only thing, his mouth and leading into his nostril. That's the it's only thing... The, the, the is coming out. Right, that's the only thing that really wasn't in the flow, technically, of the match. Like, getting thrown through the cage, okay, it was a choke slam. Getting thrown off the cage, get it. I don't think he was even supposed to go through the He cage. wasn't, no. but, but it no, happened. But yeah, yeah. He didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm Question. To, do you think he was knowingly sticking his tongue? Through? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> For over a decade, this was one of the most popular jobbers in WWF. Amen. Brooklyn Brawler? That is incorrect. Okay. Good call. He was originally booked to win the WWF Tag Team Championship with Tony Atlas in 1982. However, Tony missed the show and several others after that, so the idea was scrapped for the year. Who was he? What year? 1982. Do we still get hints now? Um, I mean, that was always part of the game. Yes, but I'm not sure I could even give you a hint on who this is. Uh, I can give you a hint. Uh, this gentleman went on to form the first all-African-American WWF Tag Team Champion with Tony Atlas. Yes. Rocky Johnson. That is correct. Rocky Johnson. I was think I was honestly I thinking that. Wait, other I mean Which WWE Hall of Famer made an appearance in the nineteen ninety movie Problem Child? Ooh. You were still Daddy's little squirt at this point. What year? Ninety? Ninety. <laughs> Six years. About you still are. That's right, 4B. You still are so. 4B. <laughs> um, how about a hint? Uh, this individual is a member of a famous wrestling family that was inducted into the Hall of Fame within the last five years. <laughs> the whole family was. Is it Bret Hart? Nope. One of the Armstrongs? Nope. Didn't you already answer? Nope. I mean... Okay, so we're both wrong. Mm-hmm. Smokey, you got anything? I'm gonna Have you ever right. seen the movie? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be mad when I hear it. I can remember the movie. All right, sir, so you, you, are you forfeiting? Yeah. Carrie Von Eric. Oh, my God! Yeah, I would never know. All right. I've heard the of it. Texas Tornado. Ni- Nico, what's, uh, what's our score? I got four. Uh, Chris right has four. Ashley has one. Zach has one. All right, this is question number six. One more correct answer from Double K from this point forward, and he seals the deal. <clears throat> Both of you need to get, well, whichever one of you gets this question right, if you get it right, before him eliminates the other one because there's only four points left to be gained. 
Question number six. She just went straight cutthroat. <laughs> the New World Order concept, that of a tough, no-nonsense street gang that attempted to take over World Championship Wrestling, came to WCW Executive Vice President Eric Bischoff. Where did he gain inspiration for that angle? Ooh. Oh, I just watched something on this the other day. There's no answer. <laughs> There's no choice, it's just... Nope. Oh, I've got the video in my head, and I just can't think of what, it, what he said it was. All right, I'll give you a hint. The idea was partially inspired by a group known as the Triads, and a version of this was depicted on a wrestling program. What wrestling program was that depicted on? This same wrestling program is also a place where the likes of Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan, Double K. OVW. That is incorrect. Oh. The Good Brothers and AJ Styles all performed prior to coming to WWE. This, that was going to be my first thing. Until the question the, was where he got the inspiration for yep. the interview. Son yes. of a bitch. This television program used a similar theme featuring a local group of gangs known as the Triads. Can I take one of theirs if they don't know? <laughs> no. Come on. Their second hint was Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan, the Good Brothers... And AJ Styles, all... Oh, New Japan? That is correct. No. It is New Japan Pro Wrestling. I was just thinking, what else, what other company would be around back then? Yeah. The Triads yeah. is like the Crips and Bloods yeah. version of what they have in Asia. Yep. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> all right. All right. This next one, all right, you guys are nice probably... Nice competing with you. You guys are probably done, or you're probably done on this one. Um, no faith. And you're Damn. gonna well, you're gonna know why when I say the first two words of this question. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> <laughs> famous ring entrances in the Hulkamania years involved him ripping off a T-shirt and tossing it to the crowd. But when he wrestled as a heel in the early '80s, his attire was a little different. What did he wear to the ring during that time period? Going back through it all right now. <laughs> if only I was a Hogan fan. Oh. <laughs> well, we have there's, one. There's, a there's an open door up there. <laughs> in the early 80s. Like, yes. I mean, hell, Hulkamania started in the early 80s. <sighs> this piece of his attire was also designed at that time period to match his manager who escorted him to the ring, who was classy Freddie Blassie. He did not wear this piece of attire during the match. Mm. A robe? That's, that's what I was going to say. What is a robe? <laughs> Do you have a guess? Since I, it's just um, out of the two of you? A vest? 
the correct answer is cape. Robe is close enough, so I will give it. Yeah, I was going to say a robe. He wore a cape to the ring to match. Oh, I guess. Really? That's classy Freddie Blassie. Yeah, because he always wore like the sequined yeah. suit jackets and stuff. I can picture him, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was you know like, what I was struggling with, honestly, with that? Was I kept going to his Thunderlips character with the top hat. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the cape. Yep. I, no. All I could think of was his old um, NWO black tights. Yeah. Just the belt and the t-shirt. So bonus question, just to see if here if anybody knows it. Who was the first person to pin Mr. Perfect in WWE? What year was it? Texas State Roberts. 1990. I was going to say it was late 80s. Actually, no, 1989. Okay. Jake the Snake Roberts? That is incorrect. It is a WWE Hall of Famer. 1989. Because by the mid, he is the only WWE Hall of Famer to have his membership suspended. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Hmm. Interesting. All right, well, folks, it is haters gonna hate. It has been a night. We are. uh, They didn't bring the belt. We are where it's at. A little over an hour, hour and fifty minutes, almost two hours into the show. Um, It has again been a little over a year since we've all been together, and uh, I mean, I I had a lot of fun being back together. I don't know about you guys. I mean, it was all right. (laughs) I had a lot of fun being back together. I look forward to being able to do this again in another month. Um, we'll announce a, a date for that show uh, probably within the next couple of weeks as we move towards that. Um, but it will be in February, and then uh, C.W. Anderson will be joining us nice. in February, uh, one of the ECW originals. Um, so uh, hopefully we can get him in person. If not, it'll be uh, via, uh, I think Skype is what we're going to be moving towards next time with Nico. So uh, I do actually want to give a uh, real quick uh, thank you to uh, our buddy Double K here and uh, his gym Four Pillars Performance. Hey. Um, they are the sponsors for our show this evening. That's where we're hosting our show from, so they were courteous enough to allow us to be able to do that. So thank you for allowing us to be here. Um, you know, in, in COVID times, it's a little tough to find an open enough space to be able to, to do something like this instead of being packed into a little room. But uh, thank you again for allowing us to be here. Uh, and uh, folks, uh, as always, uh, I'm Tommy T. Double K. And we will see you guys in probably about a month. Have a good night. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit.